Hello, welcome to Parents Go To OT Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Newman. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist, life coach, meltdown specialist, and theraparent advocate. I created Parents Go To OT because I realized that the number one thing holding kids back is that they are not able to receive therapy every day. Just imagine what it would be like if your child could receive therapy every day. Like I'm sure you've heard, it takes at least 21 days to develop a habit. And there's no better therapist for your child than you, the number one expert. This show is all about breaking the gap between parents and therapists to make occupational therapy common knowledge for all parents so you can start seeing faster therapy results. I'm going to teach you all of my OT secrets and give you valuable resources to start adding OT into your daily routine. So instead of meltdowns, tantrums, hyperactivity, and bouncing off the walls, you're going to start seeing a more calm, regulated, and focused child. My passion is to breed confidence and peace. That is my name to my website, Be Free OT, because I wanted to give parents freedom. I want you to feel freer, lighter, more alive, and more inspired. I will share powerful tools on how to feel and think like a therapist. I truly believe that parents make the best therapists because no one knows your child better than you. Join me today and let's break the gap between parents and therapists. Now, let's jump into the show. Hello, everyone. Hope you are all having a beautiful week. So the school I work for is off on fall break this week. So I'm working from home today, enjoying this cozy, rainy day. It's been another long and hot summer here in Atlanta, and it is finally starting to cool down and feel like fall, my absolute favorite time of the year. So I'm feeling pretty happy and grateful working from home today. So earlier, I saw a funny meme that felt way too accurate. It said, January, February, quarantine, October. I don't know about you, but I catch myself all the time having to remind myself, okay, so what month is it? I feel like September flew by, went by so quick, and now that it's getting closer to the end of the year, I'm feeling more motivated than ever to try to end this year on a high note and try my best to turn it around. What a ride 2020 has been, but I am back today to try to bring a little more peace and freedom to your day so we together can end 2020 on a more positive note. And today we are going to be talking all about why your sensory diets aren't working or not working as well as they could be. I'm going to be sharing lots of tips on how to take your child's sensory diet to a whole new level. So get excited, maybe get out a notebook so you can jot down some notes. So I started talking about this in my last episode and was going to wait to talk about this, but honestly, I just couldn't help myself. I was way too excited to dive into this topic today. So much good stuff coming up. So let's get started with what exactly is a sensory diet. Well, other than being my favorite thing ever, being an OT and all, a sensory diet is a program of sensory activities set up to meet your child's sensory needs and keep them regulated and calm throughout the day. So no, sensory diets doesn't have anything to do with food, unfortunately, but more so sensory activities directly related to our senses. And typically when I'm making a sensory diet, I focus on um, the more important senses. So not as much smell or taste, not that those aren't important, but on what I consider to be the four major senses. So number one, vision. Number two, hearing, also known as auditory sense. Number three, touch, also known as our tactile sense. And lastly, the big one, number four, vestibular proprioceptive sense. Kind of tongue twister there. So technically, those are two different senses that aren't usually what you think of when you think of the, you know, five major senses, but are actually two of the most important senses in the occupational therapy world. And just an easier way of looking at those and what I personally like to call them are instead of vestibular, simply the balance sense, because it's all about balance. And instead of proprioception, I call it 
the body awareness sense. So if you think about body awareness is a huge part of balance um, and our ability to stay upright. So as you can see, balance and body awareness are extremely intertwined and very much so related. So that's why for these purposes, I'm just going to look at them as one. So for a lot of our kids who have decreased balance and body awareness, want to look at this a little bit deeper at the effects. So many different areas in everyday activities relies on balance and body awareness. Like for example, getting dressed in the morning and putting on pants. It's going to be so much trickier if you're trying to stand on one foot with decreased balance and then trying to put your foot into the hole with decreased body awareness all at the same time. Imagine what you would feel like if you felt off balance all the time, like you're just about to tip or fall over. What this does is it puts our kids' bodies and mind into a fight or flight mode because their minds are unconsciously just more hyper alert and working overtime, trying to keep their bodies upright and balanced and coordinating whatever tasks they're doing. So that is why when you're making your child's sensory diet, it is so important to add what I'm about to tell you into your child's sensory diet to help meet their balance and body awareness needs and get them out of that constant fight or flight mode. And as I always say, this is for all kids. Even if you think your child has okay balance and body awareness, this tip I'm about to share is for everyone. And hopefully after I say this, it will just everything will kind of click and all make sense. So my tip is that one really helpful way to help kids feel more balanced and increase their body awareness is through deep pressure. So the reason deep pressure is so calming for everybody and why you hear everyone talking about it all the time is because it helps us feel grounded, aka helps kids feel more balanced getting their body out of that fight or flight mode, it also increases body awareness. Because if you think about it, if you squeeze your wrist right now, give it a tight, deep pressure squeeze, you're much more aware of exactly where your wrist is in space, aka body awareness. So adding deep pressure throughout your daily routine is so helpful when it comes to the vestibular and proprioceptive sense, aka balance and body awareness. So here are some ways to add deep pressure all throughout your day, not just when kids are having meltdowns or are dysregulated. The goal of adding deep pressure in constantly throughout the day is to be one step ahead of them to prevent meltdowns and dysregulation. So here are some examples. So I'm talking weighted blankets or compression sheets. So they're getting lots of deep pressure throughout the night, joint compressions and deep pressure massages in the morning or before they go to sleep at night. Wall push-ups maybe whenever they wake up or even hanging upside down off their bed is another surprising way that they can get a lot of deep pressure. If you test this one out, I promise you'll feel that deep pressure when you're hanging upside down, and then you'll know what I mean. Another quick tip is that any kind of inversion activities where you're kind of upside down is very calming to our bodies because it adds that deep pressure. So even just like bending forward and trying to touch your toes while simply just letting your head hang heavy. So another way to keep deep pressure going throughout the day is you can buy compression clothes and you can find these cheap online too for your kids to wear or maybe you can give them a stress ball to squeeze and fidget with during class. You can give them a water bottle with a straw that they have to suck and actually can get some good deep pressure that way throughout their day. You can also make thick smoothies for them to drink. That will deep pressure in their mouths another really good one. That can be super calming. If you think back to when your child was a baby, sucking their thumb and wanting to put everything in their mouths was so comforting to them. It's all kind of related just how deep pressure massage is calming to us. That is why I call this my golden rule therapy that deep pressure is calming. So the goal of this is it's to add lots of deep pressure input throughout the day, especially during the times when they're most dysregulated. 
whether that be right after school, just having deep pressure activities planned ahead of time. So back to our major senses we need to focus on when making our sensory diet. Just a little refresher, we have vision, hearing, touch, and balance, body awareness. So one of the biggest misconceptions and mistakes of making a sensory diet that I see all too often or hear is that, oh, my child's just a sensory seeker, so they just need lots of sensory input as much as I can give them to keep them regulated. When a lot of times this is so false, kids are usually a combination of sensory seeking and sensory sensitive. Yes, there are a lot of kids who crave sensory input, but a lot of times they don't realize that too much visual input or auditory input can be overstimulating. So some examples of this and seeing if your child falls into the sensory combo One way is by letting your child play in a sandbox or dirt or in paint for some tactile touch input and seeing if they get hyper after or if they're more calm after. Like another sneaky one I see all the time are kids who are very loud and very vocal and parents think that they're auditory seeking. However, when it comes to sounds other than their own voice, like background noise or loud voices, they actually get dysregulated and might have tantrums and start bouncing off the walls, not because they're craving sounds, an auditory input, but because they're actually auditory sensitive. The goal is to see after visual, hearing, or touch input if they're more dysregulated, like having difficulty focusing, or if they're more hyper, or start having meltdowns or tantrums, or just less patient. Or instead, seeing if they're more calm and relaxed after the sensory input, which remember is the goal of an effective sensory diet. So when you start investigating and watching your child throughout the day, these results just might surprise you. You can also take a quick quiz on my website, BeFreeOT.com. Just search under the tab, The Sensory Series, which is pretty much a sensory diet generator, and it can help fig- help you figure out exactly what your child's sensory combo is, whether that be sensory seeking plus auditory sensitive plus touch sensitive or a different sensory combo. So last few tips when you're making your child's sensory diets, try to set them up for success. So especially during transitions during the morning or maybe when they get home from school, if your child is visually sensitive, turn off any harsh bright white lights in your house and try to keep the lighting dim You know, try to set the mood calm. Or if your child is auditory sensitive, maybe giving your child some earplugs for walking through the hallway at the end of the day. I work in a school and it gets loud and busy when kids are leaving and is even a lot for me, which personally I am auditory sensitive and get overwhelmed when there's too much sounds going on. So I am planning on doing another episode all about transitions, but the main takeaway from this is to take a look at your child and try to figure out the time of day that they're most dysregulated and focus on adding sensory diet activities or adjustments, especially during those times, aka getting the sensory mood to set them up for success. I also have a lot more suggestions on the sensory series on my website, so definitely check that out. And also inside of my online course, Meltdown Manual, which opens this Tuesday, September 29th, I share step-by-step my exact method for improving sensory processing and go into way more detail. So I also highly recommend checking that out on BeFreeOT.com, which you can also access lesson one of Meltdown Manual for free. So that is it for today's episode. I could go on and on about sensory diet, so you can definitely expect part twos and part threes in the future. Hopefully you got some valuable tips to start working on your child's sensory diet. I would love to know what sensory diets you come up with and what you think. So if you did enjoy today's episode, please take a minute to subscribe to my Parents Go To OT podcast and leave a review. 
You are all amazing care parents for taking the time to learn so you can empower your child. Together, we are going to break that gap between parents and therapists. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you so, so much for listening. I will see you next week on Parents Go To OT.